In the name of Wakantanka to Kashila, the sacred mystery creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Hello, everyone. I bring you greetings from the presiding bishop and his reconciliation, justice, and creation care team. Thank you for allowing me to be with you here today. So, John is a gospel that I struggle with. John's gospel is sometimes hard for me to understand and maybe for other concrete thinkers as well. Uh, I find it helpful to think of John as a poet, maybe who's been to the dispensary, who writes in a style of poetry or metaphor or hymns. Lots of deeply important theological statements are being made in this passage. John is laying out the fact that Jesus and God are the same, and that Jesus existed before time, and that God wasn't someone who existed far away, but that God came among us in the person of Jesus. Now, unfortunately, John uses this lightness and darkness metaphor, which, if misinterpreted, can be used to perpetuate colorism and racism. However, if we understand that John is talking about darkness and lightness in a metaphorical way, we can better understand John's comments about darkness as a time of the unknown, the uncertain, or a lack of community, or a lack of love, or a lack of right relationship. As Westerners, we fear the unknown, often seeing difference as the other as dangerous, as bad. From a Lakota perspective, we view difference as sacred. We saw folks who were different, for example, people like John the Baptist, as sacred prophets. We saw and see our LGBTQ two-spirit siblings as sacred people who walk between the worlds of the masculine and feminine, the worlds of the natural and supernatural. Our two-spirit people are called to be sacred healers who walk in the liminal spaces and share their prophetic voice to help and to heal communities. In the darkness of the unknown, the uncertain, the unsure, John is telling us that Jesus is that light. Jesus is the known. Jesus is the certain. Jesus is a sure sign of God, of community, of right relationship, and of course, a sure and certain sign of love. Christ came to us in a time of darkness, in a time when we needed community, in a time when we needed to see an example of right relationship. Jesus is that light, shining in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Many people have been in darkness at different times. The Hebrew people were in a time of darkness. They were occupied by the foreign Roman government. The Roman people controlled the Hebrews and extorted them for money and resources. And this meant that everyone but the most elite Hebrews lived in poverty. Over 150 years ago, the Dakota people were in deep darkness. In 1862, the Dakota conflict occurred over some eggs. A small group of Dakota began fighting with settlers, and other groups of the Dakota went to nearby towns and warned the villagers. 
However, all the Dakota were rounded up and placed at Fort Snelling, where they were held in horrid conditions and tortured there. They didn't receive a fair trial, and over 300 were sentenced to death, even the ones who saved lives by warning the other villages. The Dakota were definitely in a time of darkness. Our church was a light in the darkness to them. Bishop Whipple rolled all the way from Minnesota to DC to tell Lincoln what happened and how unfair it was. He was able to secure new trials for the people, saving hundreds of lives. In the end, 38 Dakota were hung in Mankato on December 26th in 1862 the largest mass hanging in the history of our nation. And as the 38 were marched to their deaths, they began to sing Many and Great, which is hymn number 385 in our hymnal. And it was that hymn they sang as they were hung the day after Christmas. That story is so sad and so dark, but the darkness did not overcome the Dakota people. Because of Whipple's intervention, my ancestors were able to survive, and I am able to be here today along with the Santi Dakotas who are alive and began the diocese in South Dakota. Darkness comes on individuals too. I was given permission to share this story of a close friend of mine who struggles with depression. A few years ago, she was far from home and feeling deeply alone. She was working a job with many unexpected challenges in a toxic and hostile work environment. And she was driving home from work one night. She approached the bridge and she thought to herself that she could turn her wheel and drive off the bridge, ending her life and ending her suffering. The water would be cold and she'd heard that freezing wasn't a bad way to die. She began to mentally prepare herself to drive off that bridge. And then, out of the corner of her eye, on the other side of the bridge, she saw the local Episcopal church. The light inside shone out through the stained glass windows, and she remembered that they were having Holden Evensong on that night. And she decided she'd listen and sit in the back. But when she arrived, the greeters told her that they were so glad she was there. They talked with her. She was welcomed and ushered in and introduced to people. She'd only come to church there once or twice in the past, and so it seemed weird when several people asked her to sit with them, but it was exactly what she needed. The beautiful voices and the songs they sang during Holden Evening Prayer filled her heart and touched her deeply. The people's warm and loving welcome to her reminded her that her presence mattered, that her life mattered. When just 15 minutes earlier, she felt the exact opposite. That night, she gained a sense of community, and it was through that community that she began to believe in herself, care about herself, and realize that she mattered, that she was enough, and that she was loved, not only by God, but by a community who welcomed her. She was able to find a therapist and find medication for her depression. Through the light of their song, their welcome, their community, she was able to find her way out of the darkness. And it was their actions that literally saved her life. And it was the light of caring individuals in the church that saved me in my darkness, too. When I was 14, I left the reservation to live with my father in Seattle. 
And this was a huge change for me, but my faith was shaken to its core. Six months later, when I found myself homeless after my dad kicked me out. I felt so scared and alone. What had I done to deserve this? Was this God's wrath against me for not being straight? I felt like God had forgotten me and I was in a time of darkness. And at my darkest point, God sent me light, sent me community in the form of caring people who came into my life and helped me. They showed me a transitional living program where I could stay. They taught me not to be ashamed of who I am and showed me that I am loved. One evening I went to church seeking the connection I used to have with my spirituality and unknowingly attended the Integrity LGBT service. And the love and care that people had for one another was something you could feel, not just something people said. It was there that I became reacquainted with this God of unconditional love that I had been missing since I left the reservation. Their light helped me find my way to survive, to graduate, and eventually go on to get my education. And today we are experiencing darkness too. Our society's individual and systemic racism has been visible these past few years in ways we haven't seen in decades. We see how black and brown lives are treated as worth less than white lives. And when we remind folks that black and brown lives matter, they complain we're being political, when in actuality, we are just being Christian. Or even more importantly, we are just being moral. We are in darkness because of COVID-19. It's ravaged our communities and our people. And while poverty existed prior to COVID, it's gotten worse and the disparities have grown. People have lost their lives. We have families barely making it due to the economy and job loss and deaths. Many two-income families have become one-income families and some one-income families have been no-income families. Too many people have gotten sick and far too many people have died. But there is light. Remember, it was into the darkness that our Savior was born. And it was into that darkness that God came into the world as a brown baby, born to an unwed mother, born into poverty, who became a refugee in Egypt to avoid being killed. And it was into that darkness that Jesus was a light. And it was into that darkness where we can look to Christ's example of how to be light a light of life and mercy, reconciliation, community, and love. And just as Jesus is the light of the world, we are called to reflect that same light. In fact, we are called to be that light, that light out in the world. We are called to be that light shining in the darkness for others. We are called to express and reflect Christ's sure and certain sign of community, of right relationship, and love to the world, to creation, and of course to our neighbors, all of them. We can see that light all around us. There are now vaccines that can help us with COVID and with monkeypox. I see communities that rallied together to take care of one another. I saw tribes who gave vaccines to their people and to their white neighbors so that the entire community could be safe. I hear stories of communities who lift up black and brown businesses to support them. I see amazing work being done throughout our church where people are leaving the walls of these buildings and actually doing the work of building and creating community. 
and so many congregations have educated themselves with sacred ground and other trainings and then have moved into action. I see wealthy churches partnering with churches on some of our reservations to ensure they have spa safe spaces to play and pray and live. And even today, as the parade comes by this church, you are all a light of welcome, of community, and love to our LGBTQ2 spirit siblings. St. Catherine of Siena famously said, if you are who you should be, you will set the world ablaze. My relatives, the fires of love in our hearts need to be set ablaze with the light of Christ right now, with the Holy Spirit right now. Our church needs to be set ablaze by living into right relationship right now. And the world needs to be set ablaze with God's fierce love right now. Let us be who God calls us to be, that right relationship, that community, that love, and that light right now. Amen.